Welcome to the Copy Room Chat, the podcast for educators just like you. Do you want to gain quick tips and tools to use in your classroom? This podcast is brought to you by the Practical Teachers and hosted by me, Renee Hirano and Amy Youngren. We are both educators and moms with 20 years of experience in education. Do you want to thrive, not just survive in your classroom? Then join us for a quick chat in the copy room. Welcome back to the copy room. I'm your host, Renee Hirano, along with Amy Youngren. We thought we'd chat about building classroom resources and finding opportunities to fundraise or to get and build up those classroom resources and the things that we need for our students that aren't always in the budget. We know that school budget and resources are limited, but we also get the Lakeshore catalog and know how much we love all that awesome seating and organization. Right, Amy? Right. So let's get creative together. Let's hear some ideas about how we can make our classrooms full of the resources we want um, and our students need. Yeah. So we can make it look like that on a budget, right? That's Uh, the goal. Yeah. So what are ways to get our students the resources and supplies that we need when school budgets are depleted? Right. Well, the first thing I think of is just some of the creative, resourceful ways we can use our classroom families and our school community and planning out those yearly projects throughout the year that we know will come up. So all the special events through the year, obviously we use a lot of the holidays, but also some of the other special academic events, Hundreds Day, um, winter holidays, and think about how um, you're especially good at this, but think about how we can organize those celebrations around activities that um, allow us to collect things that our families may already have. Um, so maybe we can collect resources from our families and makes them help. It helps make them feel involved, and it also didn't cost us a lot. So that's the first thing I I think of, and I think. As long as you're giving families enough notice, um, which I know that varies, but as long as you're giving families notice, they come through. I mean, there's a lot of things that I collect in my own house, but and if a teacher would just remind me and tell me to send it in, that's easy. And I felt like I've done a lot to help, right? No, exactly. You know, I I did a ro- a robot product project this year where the kids had to bring in recycled materials, and it was it was so great how invested they were. We were talking about recycling and what you can do with recycling. And I kind of had this image in my head that the kids were at home using the recycling all the time to make projects, right? I had this image in my head. Yeah. But it was so great because I got resources from inside the building and I got resources from the students. And I think even that, I'll tell you the funny story about 100 Day, you know, we're talking about collecting 100 Day items. Right. And my daughter did it at her school and we did it at our school. And I was at the Dollar Tree And there was this other family, I could hear the mom saying, well, what hundred items would you like to collect, right? And so I think it's also giving people ideas about where they could get things inexpensively, right? right? Because I think they do want to be involved in every hundred day project. You know, it's easy to get a hundred things from the Dollar Tree for a dollar, right? And so like make it affordable, but it doesn't always have to cost something. Um, Well, and and that's a good good point you, you said at the beginning of that is remembering 
that most of the school is maybe following the same celebration calendar. So there might be some of their classrooms or teachers around the building that maybe have the resources you need, or you can um, collaborate. So there aren't two students from the same homeroom in the same <laughs> Dollar Tree getting the right. same thing at the same moment. So let's not, you know, like reinvent the wheel every time. Yeah. And the other thing we talked about is, you know, sometimes the resources we need is time and mm, maybe, sure. you know, hopefully as we're moving, you know, into a new stage, we can get volunteers back in the classroom or, you know, I, I haven't done this in the past, but I've, I, I heard it was a big thing during the pandemic and also now giving families things, sending things home for families to maybe cut out for you or, yeah. you know, put together packets or, um, you know, flyers or information or, you know, giving parents opportunities that might, you know, I'm a working mom. I, I don't have those opportunities, but there was this chance where I could put together these kits for my daughter's school and they sent home the information and I put it together. And so I felt like I was resourceful to the classroom. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think, you know, when we think of resources, it is also time, right? It, it is, is also, you know, putting things together or cutting things out or organizing or, stuffing folders or whatever the case may be you bring um, up a good point like the time is not always in the classroom like our us us working parents can't maybe always volunteer for the reading corner or whatever it is but you were able to be resourceful to your to your daughter's classroom who knows in the middle of the night while the rest of the family <laughs> is sleeping but you were able to feel helpful and get it done on your own time and I think and how helpful to the teacher. I mean, you and I both know how many hours we spent, you know, with achy hands cutting out laminate. So, you know, it was a win-win for everyone. So that's a wonderful, wonderful way to help uh, working families feel involved. It cost no money on anybody's side. So that's a great well, He just reminded me of those days of the beginning of the year, cutting out laminate and then yeah. finding it on my carpet like yeah. for weeks, right? Um, it and then not even picking it up because, you know, it'll just be more the next day. <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah. So I think that's, you know, really the other thing I think about is strategic in asking for school supplies. And so I think, you know, I'm always trying to be really cognizant of how much a school supply list costs. Right. I know that families and students, you know, want to help out in the classroom and bring those supplies in. But I always try to think like, I don't want this to be more than X amount of dollars, but I have seen some really great things where we could all use gallon and quart baggies. Right. And I've seen them before say, okay, A through M gallon and M through Z. Um, uh, they, they'll bring the quart size baggies or post-its and index cards, or, um, you know, I've seen, I've just seen it be strategic so that not, I mean, I don't need, 20 students to bring me through like six post-its, you know, I don't need yeah. that. And so I think just being strategic so that, you know, and thinking about what are the things I need? I mean, you know, this year we got something was on our list highlighters. We didn't use them at all. So we just took right. them off. Right? right. Where another grade level might need those. And so it was just like, Hmm, yeah. let's just be strategic for parents. And because we all know it can get expensive. And so right. we just, but we want to be strategic because there are things we need. But that's smart because haven't you noticed a list come home where you're sure it just maybe the teachers didn't have the opportunity to go over it and you're mm -hmm. thinking to yourself, they're not going to use this, uh, you know, and so just to take a moment to think through it beforehand, 
you might not use the highlighters, but another grade could double up and you need something else. So that's a good point. Yeah. Let's think about it before we send it out. Yeah. Um, one of, you know, one of the things I found probably in the last four years is, and it has, I don't know how long it's been around, but it's donors choose. And I can't say enough about this nonprofit donors choose, which really pairs teachers with the community at large, the world really. And you have an opportunity to they have a huge donor base. They make it really easy to give and get their the tax deduction and to find people in need. And so um, it's really simple and easy to ask for a project. They give you tons and tons of support. They give you ideas on what to write. They give you, um, they tell you how much each, you know, which each one should cost uh, each project. They, they, they give, they tell you where there's opportunities to double or triple the, oh. the money that someone else gives. You know, they bring in huge partners to donors choose who are automatically giving to projects that you might be putting out there. So for example, I have done, I've done at least 10 projects in the last four years. I've gotten six classroom tablets before the pandemic hit. I wanted some, um, some tablets for some independent reading spot. I have flexible seating. I got classroom organization. I got small, you know, I got some, some things for individual games for students. I got some reading interventions. Um, during mm. the pandemic, I got every student three different types of, no, four different types of math manipulatives to have at home while they were at home. And I got that all donated by, honestly, a lot of random people. And also through Donor Shoes, I can send it out to my network right? Mm -hmm. I can send it out via Facebook really easy or Instagram or whatever social media you, you use. And then I would say like, if you can give, please give. If not, can you just please share this? Right. And I had things, so many projects um, funded by people I never met, people I didn't know. And it's amazing. And the only thing that you, the thing that you do in return is something you want to teach your students anyway, is write a thank you and take pictures of it in action. Right. And it's so wow. it's amazing. I mean, that I, is brilliant. So, so it's a nonprofit called donors choose. And then when you as a teacher go sign up, start your project, they walk you through the whole process. Yes. They walk you whole through the whole process. That is pretty amazing. And when you the, order from places like Lakeshore or Amazon, like they have preferred like um, vendors that you use okay, and you said it. And basically you, you know, you write your proposal, you put in your supplies. It's almost like you order them, but you don't order them until you're fully funded. Once you're fully funded, then they reach out to you and send you supplies to you. Right. Otherwise it sits, it sits on there until it gets funded, but it can be seen by anyone anywhere in the world. So what, so what's an example of like the dollar amount for you to have, to, for you have to funded these six tablets pre pandemic. So pre pandemic, uh, I believe that I bought six, I think, I believe it was $1,300. Okay. So, um, yeah, yeah. I can tell you that 
out of my 12 projects, I've gotten about $12,000 worth of things donated, right? Wow. I have classroom flexible seating, so some chairs, a lot of um, reading small group intervention things that the kids games, the kids could play. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think, oh, wow, that's... classroom set of headphones with microphones. Right. Can I tell you, life changing. For sure. And so did you, are these requests that you made from your school and they couldn't accommodate or you just went this donors choose route anyway? I mean, yeah, most of these things, they can't afford to buy you these things. It's an extra, um, you know, even this classroom organization, there was no extra organization. There was no extra file folders or things like this. I could put the, I needed to organize for kids to be able to access them on their own. Right. And so, and you know, the... Last year, I got every pair of students in my class a pair of blue light glasses oh, right. donated, right. right? Because they were on their computer screens all day right. teaching remotely, and I and I wanted them to be protected, or I wanted them to understand about protecting their eyes, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's, that's like brilliant. a brilliant like exercise. And so, and it really is, there's so many resources on there. I, you know, I hope everybody goes out and checks it out. Mm-hmm. Put on your first um project and you know you go from there like it started that's how it started with me I got a classroom rug I mean like I said I've just gotten a, a lot of things that just are out of the budget right now right you right. know just aren't there a lot of money is going to technology which it should you know right legally so but I still need hands-on materials yeah. I still my you know I, I have a new project going up for some flex for some more flexible seating into wobble chairs Mm-hmm. You know, something where kids can just move and still feel, but be connected to what they're doing. Right. So. Wow. That's a brilliant reminder. That's great. Anything else like that, that we might, maybe we've um, heard about, but we've forgotten about. So I've, I've seen people use Amazon wish list. Mm-hmm. I haven't used it as much. I've seen people use it really more often kind of at the beginning of the year, middle of the year. Um, I use it a lot for supplies I've also seen another, one of my other fellow teacher friends use it for Christmas books. So there was like a list of books that students wanted um, for winter holiday and sure. like people. And, you know, the great thing about the Amazon wish list is that you create this wish list, you share it with whomever you want to share it with, and then they can order it and it will be sent right to you. Like they That's pay for it and send it right to you. And so right. um, there is another thing. Like I said, I haven't seen it used as much for big projects, but I've seen it used, um, for kind of supplies and things like that. Um, great idea. You know, what it, it also reminds me that people are, are always willing to help. We right. just have to give them the opportunity. Like people don't know the things you need. That's exactly right. And you have to make it easy and accept ex- accessible. And I've also found you have to make it something, oh, that's tangible and speaks to kind of what their passion is. Right. Yeah. So, so, you know, if you have a community of people in your life who really feel strongly about math and science, you know, you know what to inspire them to give versus the technology ask versus, you know, field trip type asks. There's there's all different passions that people have. And I think it is remembering those um, and then helping people know how to quickly access those giving opportunities. That's a good point. I do want to mention that Donors Choose also has, thinking about a resource, if you want to think inward a little bit, 
you can ask to be funded to do some professional development, some professional growth for yourself oh. through donors choose. And so you can pick professional development and put that professional development in there. Oh. And um, you can do that kind of thing. Like I know someone that got um, like a mindfulness summer Institute funded through donors choose as well. Wow. I'll look that up as soon as we finish here. <laughs> well, so I know, I know another opportunity um, that it looks different in different schools, but a parent teacher organization or a family group of some kind, I know they're different in, in every school, but I think that's a place where people are wanting to obviously wanting to participate in the classrooms and in the school and wanting to give, whether it be like you were talking time or monetary. Um, but I think we also have to be strategic about how we engage our parent group um, and make sure, you know, we're going to be on the same page with them about some things, but we're probably not going to, um, they're going to have some other goals Ideas. as well. Yeah. And so can we empower that? So, um, you know, I think one of the things I've always tried to remember when planning any parent family um, group at all is to have varied, I learned this very early, but to have lots of varied opportunities, different times of the day, different days of the week, different times of the year. Um, as a new teacher, I, I had a tendency to forget how different families can look, right? And so we've got to be careful that we have different opportunities for, for all of the different things our families are going through. Um, yeah, it makes me think about, you know, any of the like school fundraisers, like right. where, you know, is that run by your PTO or your, you know, your parent group or right. you know, whatever group, or is that through the school? Is that, does that go to general fund? Does that go to designated um, activities or, you know, my school is new. And so we have had, actually had a couple of fundraisers this year. And so, um, you know, we've, and we've been, you know, trying to build up that fund to help us with, you know, as a STEM school to build the opportunities. We just had, um, you know, and so I think it's important that, I think that we just need to stay connected to that PTO or that parent teacher or that organize that family organization because we want to honor the things they're trying to do for the school, right? There's that's right. All these stakeholders at the same time, if you don't ask, you don't know, right? Exactly right. Like, what's the worst that someone can say is no. That's right. Right. Um, but they can also be your greatest resource for perhaps other things you need at other schools. I've been at the PTO um, partnered with the school in terms of how, what they did for fundraising and, and got like um, a soccer build filled a soccer right. field built. Right? right. And so I think, I think it's just really being in connection with them and understand that you have the same purpose. Like the, your, your resources might not be the same, what you need, you might not, but at the same time, your goal is the same, which is to get the very best for the students that you're providing services for. Right. right? That's, so. that's exactly right. So I think if we could give a practical tip, I think there's a couple yeah. of things we can do, which is really, try to be as organized and planned ahead as possible. You know, I think in my younger years, I struggled, but I think as I get go along, I rely on my team and I really try to plan ahead and give parents a heads up. Right. And I think you're, you're going to be able to get what you need if you're really strategic and you ask, because, yeah. 
you can figure it out after that. Give everyone an opportunity. And then also, I think, just use the resources around you. Ask people in your building. Ask other teachers in your grade levels. Share the resources that you have because you probably have something they need and they have something you need. That's right. So all it, all it takes is just a minute and, you know, send off that email. All staffers, we all, we all get them. Yeah, but you always get a quick reply. So right, it goes back to the communication again and the planning ahead. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, well, thanks everyone for joining us and we'll chat again soon. Thanks again for joining us here at Copy Room Chat. If you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and click the button so you don't miss any of the chat. And remember, head over to www thepracticalteachers.com for more resources and to sign up for our monthly newsletter.